John 13, 34, the new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. You know, the purpose of this podcast is to provide hope in Christ to those outside of the church, or just to those who aren't getting what they need in church as far as simple teaching and encouragement. And there's good churches all over the country, but there's also churches where the truth in love seems to be missing. Therefore, I believe that teaching the basic biblical principles to those both in and outside churches is valuable for building up the body of Christ. Developing friendships is an important part of our journey through this life. But friendships can also be counterproductive when friends begin to pull a person away from God. So finding friends who will either be neutral in their impact upon our spiritual life or positive, it becomes vital if we want to continue to grow in Christ. And I have a very small circle of friends, and not all of those are believers, but most of them are. And those that are not believers, I trust them because they have proven themselves to be men of integrity and trustworthy. And the same for the believers, but that's the criteria for my circle of friends, my close, intimate friendships. I got to be able to trust them. If I can't trust them, then it's arm's length at minimum. And Jesus understood our need for solid friends. And at one point in his ministry, he appointed 72 disciples to go out two by two into the towns where he was heading and to minister there, preaching in that place that Jesus would soon arrive. And this was brilliant because two people can be very effective in ministry, whereas the more people you have in a group, the more problems could arise. And the old saying, the more the merrier, doesn't always apply. I recently returned from a country where a friend and I spent a few days ministering in a few towns, and it was very effective with only two of us. We are friends and brothers in the Lord, but with only two of us, we were very flexible with time, only needing one small car, and really, we didn't disagree on anything. And as a result, there was harmony in our intent and our efforts. God was there working through us. It was very cool. So having friends who are believers and like-minded is very valuable. And as a believer, our friendships with others based on solid faith in Jesus is a blessing, not only for us, but for them. Proverbs thirteen twelve: whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. So we want to make sure that the people that we're hanging out with that are our friends, they're not foolish. Otherwise, we become like them. Proverbs 27, 6, faithful are the wounds of a friend, but profuse are the kisses of an enemy. And in that story of the 72 apostles sent out by Jesus to the places where he was intending on going, like John the Baptist, they would prepare the people for Jesus' coming, and they would do things according to the will of the Father that would touch the hearts of those that would soon see the Son. And that's what every follower of Christ should do. We should be open and seeking the will of God so that as the Lord dispatches us day by day into this dark world, we should make it our aim to demonstrate that kindness and that love of God so that in our interactions with people, they can see that and it can impact them. And who knows, we may find friendships in the strangest places. Because being a friend to someone is really part of what being a human is. We need friends. We're communal creatures. And as believers, we have the love of God in us, compelling us to love others. But as Jesus said, Matthew 10, 16, Behold, I'm sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves, so be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. we got to remember, this world is under the influence of the evil one. There's a lot of really bad people out there, and defining bad people as people who do bad things. And there are those who are opportunists who will take advantage of friends to get what they want. we got to be careful not to fall victim to some predator. We keep our hands clean from the filth of the world, and we do that by obeying Jesus. And we are aware of that evil that can reside in the human heart because we're looking at our own hearts. So we establish that understanding of, yeah, people are jacked up because we are jacked up. We just have to be honest with ourselves. 
So if we're wise in our dealings with people, things go a whole lot better. Recently, I had a conversation with a guy that got himself into some trouble, and I knew this was a potential trap where I could get sucked into the drama by being willing to rescue him from the consequences of his own sin, because I've been down that road before. We need to be very careful. When a friend says, hey, you know, can you help me? It's like, okay, you listen to it. If this is a blatant sin issue, which this was, it's like, I'm not helping you. This is my counsel. This is what the Bible says. This is what you need to consider. And I did that in love. And I said, hey, here you go. I laid it out. This is what I think. It starts with you confessing and repenting of that sin that's so rotten that you just did. And again, I didn't get involved beyond that because I'm not the one who forgives sin. That's God's role. I can't forgive sin. And if the sin is the cause of the problem, then then the sin needs to be dealt with first. You can patch it up with all kinds of stuff, but if that sin is not repented of, the problem won't go away. Now, as a result, he's working through the issue and he did repent. Like that proverb said, faithful are the wounds of a friend, profuse are the kisses of an enemy. Sometimes our friends need to kick us in the butt. And I've had a few times when my friends kicked me in the butt and said, dude, pull your head out. I'm like, oh yeah. Yeah, I probably should do that. Jesus said in John chapter 6, verse 44, no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him and I will raise him up on the last day. It's important when we're praying for our unbelieving friends and the loved ones that we remember it's the Father who draws people to Jesus, not us. So what that means for us is that we don't know when that time where that drawing is happening. So by being a friend and always trying to be available, spending time with people and ministering to them when that time happens, then we can be right there if they need anything and help them in their relationship with God. Because it's a whole lot better if we are their friend to help them through that process than if we're this Bible-thumping preacher that always tells them, you need to do this, you need to do that, you need to do this, you need to do that. They may think, hey, you need to shut up. That's what you need to do because I'm dealing with something right now that you don't know about. Let me deal with this again. So rather than be that instructor pointing your finger at them, be that friend who's there beside them and say, bro, I'm here for you. What can I do? Be careful with these people. They may be on the verge of coming to Christ or in the case of those who have come to Christ, fall and they get back up and they fall again. Be patient with them. God's still at work in their lives and he never gives up on them. Proverbs 17, 17, a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for adversity. Something I've seen over and over again, which quite frankly, I I can't really fault the family, is when a family member dives into wickedness and seems to never stay out of trouble. And oftentimes, people like this drain the family's trust, their emotions, their bank accounts. Sometimes they rip them off. And the families can get so fed up with them that they just write them off totally. And I got to confess, I've written people off in my life because they won't stop being stupid and their stupidity just continues to hurt people. So I'm like, you know, look, I love you, but I'm putting some space between us because you are hurting people and you need to stop it. And until you stop it, I love you, but I don't want to be around you. And while it may be appropriate to distance ourselves from people like this, you know, we as believers, we often have to understand and remember that, you know, God, again, is not giving up on these people. So we need to stay in prayer for them. We need to stay engaged in them in the spirit realm and go to battle for them and pray that the devil's chokehold on them would be broken. And who knows, in times they may respond and when the Father draws them to Jesus. And if you're there as a friend, that's going to be glorious. It's going to be cool. I was also talking with another brother a while back in the midst of a few other believers, and we were just kind of hanging out. And uh, there was a guy there that was beaten down pretty good spiritually. He'd just been discouraged for a long time. And one of the other brothers was just rattling off, you need to do this, you need to do that. And it wasn't working. And I started looking at him and I'm thinking, Lord, give me something to say. I don't have the words. And as I'm sitting there, I just said, you know what, dude? I go, you're fine. You're fine, man. God's got this. Just look to Jesus. 
That was all I said to him. And that seemed to really perk him up. And it wasn't my wisdom. That was the Lord prompting me to say that. James 1.19, know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. There's a good verse for friendships and marriage and parenting. Because many times a friend just simply needs to listen and let the other speak. So overcoming our tendency to talk, which some may have difficulty doing, can really help connect friends. And when we connect with our friends, especially if both parties are filled with the Holy Spirit, those friendships can solidify and turn into a blessing for everybody. Proverbs 8.24, a man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. So the opportunity to develop, to build up, to rekindle friendships are often right before us. So having prepared our hearts to act as the Holy Spirit prompts us is key in being that friend that blesses others. And sometimes risks and sacrifices are necessary to take that friendship to the next level where trust and honesty become the foundation. And if we go into it and we understand, you know, there's a likelihood I could get burned here. So we kind of keep our guard up there. But you realize I need to prepare myself for this. So when it happens, it doesn't blow this entire thing apart because friends are going to burn you. And if you're prepared for it, you're like, okay, Lord, I got burned. What now? He's like, yeah, keep being their friend. You know, you were prepared for this. It's a good way to go rather than just think, hey, this is the greatest guy in the world, then he rips you off. It's like, oh my gosh, I hate everybody now. And that good witness that we can have when we are simply prepared for these things, and it's like, you know what, you rip me off, whatever. Do you want to follow Jesus, or do you want to go down your own path? Are you willing to humble yourselves and desire to make things right? And if they are, they may come to that point, you know what, I'm sorry. Yeah, you could totally reconcile that. So we can't let our guard down when dealing with people, but we do our part by putting on Christ. As Paul says in Colossians 3.12, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. And now let the Holy Spirit do the rest and shine for Jesus. Thank you.